Thanks for continuing to listen. And now, episode 12. Remembering Dr. Walter Lawrence. This is a subject that I thought I would bring up with Dr. Walter Lawrence. I'm going to tell everyone what a wonderful man he was. But I'm going to start with saying sort of the struggles that I went through. Some people say, why would you put that you're a biracial female neurosurgeon? Why just not a neurosurgeon? Well, let me go back to a story. In November, or sorry, it it was actually September of 2007. And I was on my family practitioner, or family practice rotation. And during this rotation, they sent us out to areas in Texas. And I was actually in East Texas, and I won't say exactly where I was due to this story. And I was shadowing a family practitioner for a week in their office. And they invited me to a board meeting that was held at the local hospital. And I went to this board meeting. And during the board meeting, the rest of the fellow physicians, as well as a few of the administrative staff, sat around a rectangle table. And I was sort of in the middle. And they started discussing a general surgeon that had grown up in the area that wanted to come back to that hospital to practice general surgery. And I was sitting there, and as they went through his resume, the one thing they kept saying that made him not qualified was that he was black. And I was... My mouth hit the floor. This was 2007. And this was a patient, or sorry, you can tell I'm sort of upset. Uh, This was a surgeon that had actually graduated from one of the Texas medical schools and had completed their residency in a stellar general surgery program. But it wasn't their letters of recommendation or their society memberships or anything that I felt was tangible that was keeping this hospital from hiring them. It was a skin color. And as I noticed the conversation that went in front of me, I sunk further in my seat. Did they not realize me, the medical student, wasn't white? I was black? And this troubled me so much that I went to my mentor at the time and told him what had happened. How could fellow doctors and fellow hospital administrators in the 2000s look down upon a physician applicant that trained in the Texas system with very good qualifications just because they were black. And it wasn't even 
a person who wasn't familiar with the area. It was a person that, that had grown up in that town. And this troubled me because I kept thinking to myself, no matter how good of a surgeon I am, people are always going to see me as a minority and as a female. It didn't matter where I trained, what my GPA was. That was what I was going to be labeled. And so it was during this time that I spent a lot of time with prayer and to God. And I decided during this time that if I was always going to have an ego or quote-unquote chip on my shoulder, I would never allow the world to see the true Leslie, the true Dr. Hutchins. I would only allow them to see a surgeon that was trying to prove everybody wrong. And so I sought during this time a place, a place where I would have great mentors who believed in me, not just as a female, not just as a minority, but as a surgeon. And during that time, I applied to 50 places, got over 35 interviews, and went on 20 interviews. At the time, people said you only needed to go on 11 to 13, but I didn't want to chance it. I knew I was the minority. I wanted to see a program that was the best for me and the best that allowed me to do God's work without having a chip on my shoulder. And I found that at VCU. I found that in a man, Dr. Walter Lawrence, as well as my own chairman, Dr. Harold Young. I'm going to take out some from the obituary. You see, Dr. Walter Lawrence died this year on November 9th. And when I was at the VA, I was actually at the VA for three months during my intern rotation. And he no longer practiced, but he held weekly rounds with him and a fellow surgical oncologist. And when I saw patients in clinic, I would go see him and then I ran on by him. And for a man so at the top of his career, he always knew me by name. He always said, Leslie, you're a bright one. Keep on doing your hard work. You're going to go very far. And this man, he inspired me. He made me realize that I can't let people like that hospital administration and those doctors keep me from doing God's work with my hands and with my mind. And so I just wanted to, in this podcast, honor Dr. Walter Lawrence. And the progress he made for surgeons, for cancer patients, as well as what he inspired me to be as that intern Yes, it wasn't a hierarchy. I, he put me up at his level, and I will always honor and treasure that.
So to summarize what Dr. Walter Lawrence was, when I first started my internship, I heard rumors that with his desire to serve his country, he served as the chief of surgery in the Army Surgical Hospital during the Korean War in 1952 through 1954. And actually the character in MASH, Hawkeye, was made after his role. And so I knew just from that, even though I never seen an episode of MASH, it'd be similar to a character in Grey's Anatomy being after a surgeon who made significant progress in the field. Yes, this was Dr. Lawrence, but he knew me by name and he asked about how I was doing, how I was, my transition to Richmond was. He cared about me. See, he was a strong surgeon. And even prior to working in the Korean War, he performed New York City's first ever kidney transplant. And following the war, he shifted focus and he specialized in surgical oncology, a field, at VC, a field of surgery that VCU is well known for. He was one of the first to advocate for scaling back the aggressiveness of cancer treatments wherever possible in order to preserve quality of life for survivors. He was also an early proponent of discussing treatment options with patients and their families so that medical decision-making could be shared between patient and provider. And even though these acts may sound revolutionary today, at that time, it was quite controversial. On a side note, I'm getting some of the high points from the obituary that was published in his honor. During his time as president of the American Cancer Society, he studied the efficiency of mammography and pap smears, and, was, and his work was actually instrumental to adoption of both of them as recommended screenings. He was one of the first supporters of clinical trials as a way to advance science. And oddly enough, he was not only the president of the American College of Surgeons, but also the American Cancer Society at the same time. And during this great academic career, he never lost his deep drive for social justice. And what's unique about Richmond is we have the White House of the Confederacy right there by VCU. I saw it every day. I saw how far our country had come. In the 60s, he crossed racial lines to be the first to have the first ever university-based division of surgical oncology in the country that was open to all patients, regardless of race, despite actually segregation within the hospital system at VCU. He also personally mentored 
many black surgical oncologists fighting the good fight to diversify the workforce. He saw them as surgeons, not as blacks, but as surgeons. And to show you how much this meant, when the Southern Surgical Association declined to admit one of his fellow friends and colleagues, Dr. LaSalle LaFall, and I might be mispronouncing that, who actually served as the president of the American College of Surgeons in 1995, because he was black, and the American Medical Association refused to intervene on his behalf. Dr. Walter Lawrence resigned from both groups, and instead he became a member of the Society of Black Academic Surgeons. I remember he always had a great smile. He was very tall and intimidating. But then once he opened his mouth and talked to you as a human being, and he always had this gleam in his eyes of love. That's why I went to VCU. And that's why I trained under some of the best academic surgeons in the country that not only stood up for advancements in screening that has saved multiple lives for cancer, has not only encouraged diversity of treating patients, but encouraged minority surgeons to be the best that they could be. And when the surgical societies denied them because of the color of their skin, withdrew his own membership. And that's Hawkeye and MASH. And that's why Dr. Walter Lawrence is one of my heroes. And to close episode 12, it was Dr. Walter Lawrence and Dr. Harold Young that showed me the love that they had for our veterans in our country. They cherished the VA at Hunter Holmes, in Rich- or Hunter Holmes VA in Richmond, Virginia. And it made me, even though I'm not a veteran and I never served in the military, honored every time that I serve a patient who's either active or retired military because I couldn't practice without them. And so there's several things that great surgeons showed me. And as a minority female, sometimes it takes a great white man to show you how great you are and that is and was Dr. Walter Lawrence.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Thank you.